Welcome to the newest episode of the Brohands Podcast. As always, it's Marcel. It's Rika Gilmore, CEO and President of Sports Entertainment Superstars. Uh, okay, never mind. And, um, thank goodness Robert's not here, so I can get my intro in. But it's the, uh, former stay-at-home dad for the Brohands Podcast, current working man, the babysitter extraordinaire but uh yep yeah. I'm at the bartender man it could be shit stuck in my head ever since oh my god oh well that was Alex he's he's dealing with his his things Robert can't join us tonight he's got business to take care of he said he'd be back next week we will see um not much happened this week until literally yesterday. Some pretty big stuff happened yesterday, but we'll get more into that. There's a few things that happened for Around the Ring. What do we got? Uh, okay. Um, apparently, Bray Wyatt dropped a tease on his, uh, when his no-compete ends. Uh, he tweeted two more days on Wednesday. That his, I guess that means his no compete ends in a Friday. Oh, yeah. yeah, he was released July 31st. So, yeah, that makes sense. That tracks and will officially become a free agent this Friday, the 29th. Although some reports suggest that Wyatt is expected to join AEW, Tony Khan recently said in an interview that he hasn't talked to the third generation wrestler. Uh, last week, a report noted that Impact reached out to Wyatt before Bound for Glory but couldn't reach a deal with him. He's expected to use his real name, Wyndham Rotunda, going forward. You can see his tweet below. And there's a link. We have a link to his tweet. But so, I mean, there's a reason he might join AEW. I don't know what Bray or Wyndham or whatever name he's going to use. Bray Harris. I don't know what he's. <laughs> what? Uh, Husky Wyatt. Like, I don't know what he's going to use. Like, uh. But hey, wish him the best of luck, whatever he does. He was a solid talent that, you know, WWE was kind of jerking around for a bit. Didn't really know what to do with him after a while. <sighs> he never really had a chance to come out the box. Half the time I forget that he was world champion. Like twice. <laughs> I, just, I, yeah, I forgot about the first one. Yeah, the first one he won at the Elimination Chamber. And then he lost it to Randy Orton in that Mizell WrestleMania match, I think, is when he lost it. I forgot when he won the second one. <laughs> I know it was during COVID, but I think. Wait, he has three time Universal Champion? No, no, I think he's, he's a two time. No, he's only a two time. Because I know because I know Roman beat him and Braun at the same time to win it, so we talk about Randy Orton sending guys. Roman sent a couple guys away, too. Yeah, not as much as Orton. Orton got a body count. Christian, Big Show, Mark Henry. Um, actually, I know I know somebody made a post, guys. Randy Orton sent to AEW. <laughs> or Matt Hardy. Oh, yeah. That's so weird. I forgot. Yeah, he sent Christian so far. Christian, Mark Henry, Matt Hardy, Big Show. <laughs> Did y'all catch what Seth said before Crown Jewel? <laughs> oh, how he's gonna uh, that he was gonna send Edge to AEW? Nah, he 
I don't remember him saying that. Oh. Um, <laughs> I remember him saying, uh, he said, yeah, I've been in three Hell in a Cell matches. I mean, and two out of three of the guys I've been in the ring with don't even work here anymore. Oh, yeah, 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 yeah. I remember him saying that. I was like, that is hilarious and accurate. Because who was it? Uh, Moxley and Bray. So, <laughs> Jesus Christ. I mean, he, he not wrong. He not wrong. Let's see. Apparently, lots of fans left during a rampage taping. Hmm. Uh, now, this is reported by Uncle Dave, so, you know, get some salt. But apparently, it was, it's being reported that lots and lots of fans left during last night's Rampage taping in Boston. As usual, the taping took place at the Dynamite, which itself took place at Dark Elevation tapings, which is something that a lot of people have pointed out as a potential flaw because a crowd can easily get worn out on so much wrestling. Yeah, they're sitting there for like four hours, maybe five, because Elevation's an hour, I think. Dynamite's two, and then Rampage is one. So, uh, Dave Meltzer said that fans left after the Brian Danielson versus Eddie Kingston match, which was the first of three Rampage matches. The two that would follow were Dante Martin versus Matt Seidel and Britt Baker versus Abaddon. I'd leave too. <laughs> like, I mean, after you watch, it's not even like Kingston really. He's okay, but I'm like, after you see Danielson, it's like, what else you got? After that, like Dante Martin versus Matt Seidel, I'm sure that was a solid match, but I'd probably make that first. Hold on, they put what Brian and Kingston on first? Yeah. Well, that's shit. No wonder. That's what they've been doing though. They've been starting hot, like when Rampage is like the, when they that 30 minutes they went head up with SmackDown. Punk was on first. Him and shit. him and Seidel having the same match they had in like 2008. <laughs> don't they make TV or shows 101 if you start hot hopefully what you're ending with is better than what you started with yeah it's like the it's like what we said about the the Arthur Ashe Stadium show it's like they started with Danielson Omega and then you, you can't really go up <laughs> too much yeah. unless you put like freaking unless all of a sudden Roman Reigns and Brock Lesnar show up after that <laughs> like you can't really go higher up from there not many ways you can go up yeah, SmackDown made that mistake last Friday. Like, they did all the shit with Brock in the first hour, and then they ended the shit with that Becky and Charlotte Nelson. Mm, we'll get to her in a minute. Uh, Melter said, next was Dante Martin against Matt Seidel. The match was good, and one of the things, though, is the crowd chanted, they were doing a lot of wrestling and they were doing less acrobatics than in their previous matches and the crowd was chanting we want flips so they're we're not appreciative of the mat work uh, so we, damn i mean that's kind of what happens if you put two dudes who are known for high flying and they're not doing high spots it's like then why are you here i mean because matt i like matt Seidel and dante martin's obviously up and cumber but neither one of them are known for like their technical prowess they're both known as high flying dudes who flip. So when they don't flip, it's kind of like, what did you do? <laughs> like nobody wants to go out there and see like, um, hmm. yeah, that's like Rey Mysterio and like, hmm, I'm trying to think, who, who else is like mostly a known high flyer? That's like Rey Mysterio and Grand or yeah, that's like Rey Mysterio and Grand League or Osprey like in there just trading holds and it's like. Why? <laughs> I'm not trying to see that. One of y'all flip. Do a dive. Uh, 
he continued to say Melcher did. Also, I'm going to say this, and this is not a social experiment, but it is a social experiment at the same time. All right. Lots and lots of people left after the Eddie Kingston, Brian Danielson match. Many, 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 many people. That absolutely happened. Just like at the show we mentioned before with Alexa Bliss and Charlotte, it absolutely happened. You mean that show that Alexa said that nobody left? And that people who were at the show said nobody left? Okay. So I can get this, I can get all this hate mail or I won't because it happened. Were you there? Like... Last month, Meltzer said that 1,500 fans left a Raw show during the segment involving Alexa Bliss and Charlotte, which is something that Bliss specifically took to social media to deny. Also, apparently, people that were at the show denied. So, so it absolutely happened. Were you there? Like, I... Like I said, I don't know. Um, hmm. So, I don't know. Like I said, I... I don't know if they were wrong or... Is it a stir in the pot? Or he's actually, you know, he's actually uh, right about something. But with him, who's to say? He trying to save face or something? Like, maybe, oh, no, this did happen. Okay. If you, if you say so. <laughs> uh, what else we got? Which company are you most looking forward to seeing live on tour? Neither. But (laughs) (laughs) neither WWE nor AEW. Okay. Sami Zayn is going to challenge for the NXT title during the UK tour. I'm like, okay, that's interesting. There's still that rumor going around that WWE is apparently going to have a pay-per-view there next year. Yeah, they got it set for like two days in September next year. They haven't like given away with the name. I think it's like over Labor Day weekend, the third and the fourth of September. Okay. Well, uh, Hopefully, we get Walter versus uh, McIntyre there. Oh yeah. Hopefully. Oh yeah, Lance Archer got hurt on Dynamite. Yeah, yeah. that was ugly. I have not seen the spot. I heard about it though. Yeah, he like did a. He under rotated on a backflip and almost spiked himself. Hmm. He's lucky his arm broke is like he he hit his arm first and then he hit his head had his arm not hit first probably would have been paralyzed because he just went straight back didn't even didn't even tuck just went it's kind of like the Brock Lesnar shooting star press but you know it's the only thing I can compare it to he probably didn't feel it right away but I'm sure he probably felt some tingling in the show yeah he probably got a stinger yeah, definitely. Probably the first thing you feel when you land on your neck, at least from my experience. Rico, you landed like that? Mm, well, not like that, but um, there was one time we were at training and I went to take a scoop slam and they just dropped me on my head and neck. I was like, the first thing I felt was like tightness in my traps and my hands felt real tingly. I've had a couple of nice things. Hmm. Did you give him a receipt? Oh, yeah. I'm about to say, because... Ain't nothing like um, throwing a chop at somebody's chest and not telling them to wash a chop. Those are normally the best chops to throw. (laughs) When they just walk right into it, they're not expecting it. They've apparently changed Xavier Woods' name. Oh, my God. To King Woods, since he won Money in the Bank. Not Money in the Bank, since he won King of the Ring. 
try to call him King Xavier. That's what Book called him a couple of years ago. Uh, you should call him Imposter. Where is Shinsuke? <laughs> I don't know. They like took this man's crown and he was just a okay. No, like what is going on? <laughs> You're so nice about this. Like he just handed it over. Was it mad or anything? I was like, man, I would have been like you and you and Woods on the same show. I would have been whooping Woods' ass if it was for real <laughs> or challenge him after king of the ring like yo you can't be the king i'm the king and i wasn't even in the tournament fight me if they use if they use common sense they would have just booked uh shinsuke and woods for the intercontinental title like it makes sense like well, if they use okay. common sense shinsuke would have been in the tournament period <laughs> for, for real like i ain't never seen no shit like that before like even jerry lawler was at the king of the ring man was like <laughs> just Mans was like King Nakamura fought Corbin for this fake title, <laughs> beat him, and then he not even in the tournament. <laughs> yeah, then he had to hand it over. Like Adam Pierce, like we're doing a King of the Ring. You know, you can't be King Nakamura anymore. I'm like, why not just put him in a fucking tournament? Yeah, You're for real. Fucking... Why is he not qualified to be in the tournament? He's the Intercontinental <laughs> Champion. <laughs> he beat the last guy who won King of the Ring to become King Nakamura. Like exactly, it right himself. <laughs> now you know what would have been some shit if they put Corbin in the tournament <laughs> bro I was expecting that I was expecting that like anytime it's a qualified match for like anything I'm like oh they gonna put Corbin in it because they were doing that for the longest time like just to fuck with people uh, we ain't gonna put this guy who deserves to be in a match we've been working hard we gonna put him. like yeah he's like new Sheamus I mean, Damn. No. Here's another story I uh that I found. Um now normally half the time when Bischoff says something about his podcast, I'm like, okay, he has a point here, but this might be the one post where I'm like, okay, he probably is just saying this to get, you know, clicks on his podcast. Apparently he thinks Punk has shit the bed with his AEW run. Yeah. I mean <laughs> I mean, yeah, he can't I mean, shit. He said, um, okay, here's (laughs) here's what Eric said. He said, great anticipation about CM Punk, right? I put it over. I was excited about it. Uh, And I've never met CM Punk. I've never had a conversation with Punk. And I'm well aware of the the equity and value in that character and the way it was teased and the anticipation that was created. I was so excited about that. It was my first time in a long time that I've seen a real orchestrated controlled build that really created the anticipation that I think is such a big part of what makes wrestling work. Since that time, they've been right back down to 500 to 600,000 viewers. Tony says, well, they decided they were going to go head to head with us and I was going to put Punk and Seidel. And this is not negative to either, but what did it do? Not much, arguably, but what did happen? And this is the art of war part of this. Is WWE forced by doing that overlap into AW time slot for situation where now Punk is opening up the show? According to Punk, he asked to be, when he found out about that overrun, he asked to be first. Tony did not suggest that. Apparently, Punk asked to go out there first. So, uh, what? Yeah, Punk began. Apparently, that's what he said. When he heard about the overrun with SmackDown, Punk asked to be the first thing on the show. Mm. He wanted he to, I think he, I think he said he wanted to uh, take that bullet, so to speak. Uh, I guess he didn't learn that thing in WWE, you know, pick your heels or die and all of that. He said, <sighs> Bishop Teams just said, Punk hasn't delivered. Punk was the guy that came out in his first comments where the addition of this talent was more significant than Scott Hall and Kevin Nash. Constantly making references to WCW because they won. What? What did he say? Hold on. Wait. What? 
Hold on, hold on. Hold on. Um, what? Constantly making references to WCW because they want to be the company that WCW was back in the mid-90s. What the fuck did he say? <laughs> I, I, do not, I do not remember Punk saying him being signed was bigger than Hall and Nash. I I would have to go back, but I don't think he mentioned that. He maybe he said in an interview or something, or maybe an interviewer said it to him, and he was like, "Yeah, sure." <laughs> but I don't remember. I don't remember Punk one saying that. Yeah, me coming over here is bigger than Hall and Nash going to WCW. I don't think he ever said that. Wow. I, I hope he did. I, I hope wrong, he did. I don't think Punk ever said it's, that. It sounds like something he was saying. But I hope he did. I'm like, wow, you just reached it. First, you said Sean stuff doesn't hold up compared to Brent's. Now you're still like, hold on, hold on, hold on. Just turn his mic off. Homie is wild. Whose man's is this? He said, that's the moment. In, that's the moment in a barber shop where like. Every, everybody gets quiet and looks. Yeah, everybody at get their hair cut and looks at him and goes, "Nigga, what?" Even motherfuckers that ain't in the barbershop out on the street walking by are like, "Nigga, what you say?" Like, bruh, niggas on a TV programming stops and motherfuckers are just like, "What you say?" Like, come on, man. Like, <laughs> <laughs> Stephen A. Smith stops and just looks and he's just like, "Lay off like, the damn weed." Yeah, like, stop, bro. Stop it. No, you're not. Oh, hey, this Tony Nese got a... Oh, real quick. I was looking up more on this stuff about Hall and Nash. Tony Nese got a haircut. There's a picture of it. And now he's in AEW. And my man's look even more generic than he did when he was in WWE with these basic jokes. But anyway. I hope I didn't say that. I hope that's not true. Because I'm like, nigga, you wild. You done went full Kanye. You ain't supposed to go full Kanye. I'm really trying to find out where Punk said that. <laughs> I am really trying to figure out where he said this because I do. I literally stopped. I stopped what I was doing and like, <laughs> I was like, hold on, what the fuck you say? Oh wait, hold on, hold on. CM Punk says the arrivals of Brian Danielson and Adam Cole in AW is bigger than Scott Hall and Kevin Nash in Mania '96. <clears throat> Well, at least he didn't say himself, I guess. So I guess that yeah. kind of... Speaking on the all-out media scrum, Punk was about was asked about the comparisons. Said that while the current situation was different 20 years ago, it's actually bigger. He said... This is what Punk said. This was like a few months ago. Gosh, obviously, I think it's going to be very impactful. I'm not personally in the business of war. I know who competition is and who competition isn't. To me, we focus on ourselves. We focus on the talent we have and we focus on the people in the building. I think that's how we grow. It's not about throwing stones. I know TNT loves ratings. I know everybody's going to look at stuff and compare the two for a company that's been only been around for two years. I think they're doing great. And if you're competing with somebody on another night that's got a 30-year head start, that's, that's pretty much what Cornette said. Uh, well, that's fine. But to me, our com- competitions, our audiences, as long as we keep them engaged and keep them happy, I think bringing back around, that's what we're doing. So I'm not Hogan. I'm not Savage. You know, Daniel, Brian, and Adam Cole, they're not the outsiders. I see the parallels, but this is totally different. And I'll go ahead and say it, and people can quote me, and they'll be pissed off about it. To me, this is bigger. So, yeah, he kind of did say that. <laughs> he he kind of did. He, he probably, good thing I wasn't there. I would have been like, First off, what you're not about to do is sit up here at this media scrum and just lie to everybody. Like you might have these kids fools that don't know any better, but come on, man, you you know that shit ain't true. 
because at least when like Scott Scott Hall and Kevin Nash came back over there, the tide started turning. Y'all came over and nothing has really changed. Y'all haven't made Vince do anything different than what he's been doing the last 10, 15 years now. So I'm like, that's that's a totally inaccurate thing. Oh, and also Tony didn't like the format for WWE backstage for Rampage. Apparently the idea was pitched to him. He was like, I didn't agree with backstage at all. I didn't think it was a good format. I had actually been pitched to do a format like that with AEW and I refused because I don't think wrestling fans want to see that format. Wrestling fans, when they tune in to watch their wrestling show, they want to watch wrestlers wrestle and backstage to me should uh, should be like a lower budget streaming type show. I don't know if it ever had the legs to carry as a TV show, even though the people involved were they were awesome and a lot of them work for me now and are huge stars. I want to watch see like Punk wrestle. I want to watch Christian Cage wrestle. To me, that is bread and butter. I love watching those guys talk about wrestling. Don't get me wrong. It can be a kick-ass streaming show. I don't know if I would build one of my TV franchises around guys talking about wrestling, at least in the context of analyzing it and breaking it down. I mean, backstage was never billed as a wrestling show. So, yeah, I, was like, I never watched it. So... <laughs> <laughs> it wasn't where I was like, yeah, I gotta watch backstage. I'm like, even when Punk came back, which that was still me being like, I don't care about him. When he showed up, I was like, all right, cool. Yeah. Uh, but anyway, well, okay, back to Eric Bischoff. <laughs> There's these constant references to WCW. When Hall and Nash came in, we took off. Punk, you came in and you shit the bed in terms of ratings. It ain't there, and there's nothing in reality suggests otherwise. You just need to be careful about what you say until you're delivering. That comment that Punk made about these guys being more significant than Hall and Nash in 96, and then two weeks after Punk made his big arrival, the rating dropped by 40 to 50%. Is this he is, lying, though? This is what lit my fuse. I wasn't going to comment on any of this until Punk came out and said it's going to take five years for the effect of this talent to really show up significantly in the ratings. Are you fucking kidding me? Does anybody other than uninformed wrestling fan who loves CM Punk, is anybody going to believe that nonsense? It's going to take five years? Dude, you're going to be getting AARP mail because it happens to be <laughs> start pounding you with this shit. I let that one go, but then to come out a couple of weeks later after, in my opinion, he should be embarrassed and for the ratings to take the dive the way they did after his debut suggest to me that he ain't as hot as he's trying to make people think yeah. it is if he was the numbers would be much bigger that man went off <laughs> yeah he ain't wrong i normally like everything he tends to say at times is debatable but he was on the money <laughs> he just my man heard the 96 wcw reference and he just saw blood he didn't think anything else. My man was like, what you say? Like, Eric Bischoff said, man, I wouldn't fuck with nobody. WWE owns WCW and IP. I was like, I'm just sitting here at my house in Arizona just chilling, doing this podcast. Actually, in Wyoming, I think. Yeah, what's with everybody going to Wyoming? Um, But uh, he said, man, I was just out here minding my own business, drinking margaritas and shit this motherfuckers can't keep my name out there so yeah that man came out and said what you talking about <laughs> he said what <laughs> like, yeah the funniest thing I heard him say was uh yeah WWE is about to go to Saudi Arabia and make more money than you guys will in an entire year or something like that I was like yeah he's not wrong though they did um <laughs> Speaking of ratings, um, 
speaking of ratings, we got apparently it's like AEW accused of paying too much attention to ratings over actual viewership numbers. Another story, uh, another Eric Bischoff story. <laughs> this is AEW at the bottom. Yeah, apparently this is uh yesterday aw got the ball rolling a double or nothing 2019 and since then the company has done all it can all it could to provide a product that true lovers of pro wrestling would enjoy i hate that tagline so much like i don't know because it's weird because it's like true lovers of pro wrestling i'm like are they watching AEW? because what would they say they wanted to get that lapsed fan i remember them saying that when they first started and i'm like yeah, you're not getting that last fan. Like, they they gone. Yeah. They left in the '90s, and you definitely aren't getting that back with the elite on top and John Moxley just badly wrestling. So, <laughs> yeah. yeah. But it's like there's been a lot of growth seen over the past two years, and more is yet to come. It seems Eric Bischoff recently gave some advice to AEW. AEW stock has risen considerably over the past few months. This is largely due to the company signing top talents such as Adam Cole, Brian Danielson, and CM Punk. As reported earlier, that particular episode at Rampage managed to beat SmackDown in the Target 18 to 49 demographic during the half-hour overlap. That wasn't all. Ruby Soho's match with the Bunny tie with Roman Reigns, Brock Lesnar segment. Uh, while speaking to GOW Media, Eric Bischoff talked about AEW's obsession over the 1849 demographic. Bischoff said that AEW should be focusing more on viewership and generating revenue instead. Now, speaking of somebody who is almost never right, in my opinion, Vince Russo had a actually good point about that with the 1849 demographic. He said, he said, WWE does not cater to the 18 to 49 demographic. They cater to everybody, mostly younger people, like kids and stuff sometimes. So I'm like, yeah, that is true to an extent. They aren't specifically focused on that one demographic mm-hmm. for better or for worse. So I'm like, yeah, I always come here. It's like, yeah, WWE lost in the 1849. I'm like, it's not even their main focus, the 1849. If it was, the show would probably be much different, <laughs> but it might be a little bit better. I don't know. Um, <laughs> Bishop said when the ratings, when the AEW ratings reveal, one of the big AEW supporters who has his own internet community, first thing he does is AEW beat Monday Night Raw in the 1849 demo. First of all, Raw competed against Monday Night Football, and AEW is up against nothing. So right off the bat, it is a bad comparison. <laughs> oh, Bishop is wild, and there is a tendency now to compare things that cast your favorite brand in the best possible light in comparison to WWE. It's really only a fraction of the overall equation. The overall equation is how many people are watching your show and buying tickets to your events. How much revenue are you generating with your property? This is the real metric and the measurement people should be thinking about. But that does not case AEW in a favorable light. It does not make it look like they're winning. Oof. Damn, that was Russo that said? No, that was uh, that was Bishop that said that. <sighs> Once again, he's not wrong. I'm out here just hitting home runs. I might go back on Peacock and watch old episodes of Nitro just because of him. <laughs> <laughs> I'm like, it's a big mic. Apparently Jericho took a shot at Roman. <sighs> Do we have to talk about him? Uh, not really, but it's just... Oh, what do you say? <laughs> what do you say? I guess after they lost that overlap or whatever, Jericho certainly didn't forget Roman's words about, you know, 
how he said he doesn't view AEW as competition for WWE, which it currently isn't. And on top of that, he brutally burned CM Punk as he stated Punk lost a step. Did he say he lost a step? Or um, yeah. Jericho certainly didn't forget Roman's words as he took Twitter and took a shot at his, of his own at the Tribal Chief. Jericho suggested that Roman meets Ruby Soho at the club. I have no idea what that means. Oh, they say something like, um, I guess, I don't know what metric they're going off of, but I guess Roman and Brock either tied Ruby Soho segment that night or Ruby beat them. In a, I don't know. I, I don't. I look at over. I look at the overall number. I don't look at fucking whatever they look at. It's something along those lines. Let's see. Oh, okay. Roman apparently fired Punk up. This was like a week ago. Week ago? No, about two weeks ago, apparently. Uh, Reigns told Complex that he would not have said no to a CM Punk return today to be instead Punk signed with AEW. Now that it's too late to sign him, <laughs> leader of the bloodline tore into Punk. Okay, what did Roman say? All right. If our audience wanted to see it and they were clamoring for it, couldn't shut up about it and all the stars in line as a businessman as a performer who's trying to seek out the very best for the audience like <clears throat> best for the audience and try to captivate i wouldn't say no but i mean on a personal level it doesn't do anything for me that's not going to elevate me at all he's older now i haven't really seen the full match i've seen a clip or two and to me a step or two has been lost then also he got his ass whooped in the ufc i don't think anybody really <laughs> believes so in 200 pounds soaking wet with no explosive bone in their body could ever really do anything to me <laughs> and i know he's healing but jesus christ i'm 6'3 265 a legitimate athlete who can throw some weight around and has been on the gridiron at the highest level d1 all acc i probably would have maintained in the nfl if my health issues didn't happen when i was 22 so, I mean, when it comes down to it, I'll throw him and pretty much the rest of that roster out of the club, no problem. They're just little brothers, Damn. you know? <laughs> he said little brothers. Oh. Roman is savage. <laughs> he didn't even say y'all brothers. He said y'all little brothers. He said I throw them out the club. That's what that means. Okay. And Jericho tell us, so maybe he should be Ruby Soho in the club so we can throw her out too. Like, I don't know. <laughs> oh, Roman Wyland. Roman Reigns said personally doesn't in, per, he personally doesn't enjoy Punk's act. He also said that Punk's failed UFC career made him less believable to fans. Damn. Roman also he compared the athletic bona fides of both men. He said that he is more legitimate. He, he on that man, Nick. <laughs> he really did. Oh my god. That is wild that he said that. He said he said and I'm six five two sixty. Like Roman really came out and was like, "Nah." He's a, that man really came out and said, "I mean, if, I mean, signing him would have been cool, but that don't do nothing for me." <laughs> Roman healing, he's great. Uh, and apparently, what was it? The replay that SmackDown had beat Dynamite. Uh, SmackDown was watched by 632,000 people and Dynamite was 575. The 18 to 49 was 0.22 for Dynamite and 0.16 for SmackDown. So uh, it should also be known that AEW's numbers were down from the previous Saturday, way down. Viewership fell a whopping 28% from 16 from October 16th. Ratings were off 21%. Um, was all that due to WWE option over the broadcast networks? No, because there were the usual college football offering several places and there was still a baseball playoff game airing on TBS. So, oof. I mean, they were consistently in the millions for about, when did Punk debut? 
the night before SummerSlam. Yeah, 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 August 20th. So Punk debuted August 20th. So the first sh- few shows with him, they drew over a million. The highest being September 8th, which had a 1.3 million. But they've dipped since then. Now, granted, these past two weeks, they've been on Saturdays and not their regular channel. But, you know, they've been fluctuating anyway. Shoot, June, they were at 400K. Jesus Christ. Anyway. Mm. Uh, now I didn't watch Bound for Glory I have it I need to watch it I'm not explaining how I have it but <laughs> I need to watch it but apparently due to reports this is the final show after this show there's no more impact you know um, AEW partnership so mm-hmm. that's good someone made a Facebook post about it uh, the pro wrestling world they said well the AEW TNA relationship is over and it's about damn time what did TNA gain from it well not much Omega beat their top people took the title off their show and left Impact struggling for anything their ratings on average dropped during the relationship period because their guys look weak compared to AEW rarely were they on an AEW show and more than rarely did they do anything worthwhile like win more often than not TNA wrestlers were personal jobbers for some AEW stars and Omega wasn't even the one to lose to an Impact guy which was claimed would happen when it started Omega lost to Christian so Christian could lose to an Impact guy good on Christian to put them over losing to Josh Alexander who himself lost quickly to Moose um, and people wonder why New Japan is not interested in the forbidden door and showed interest in WWE instead well maybe New Japan doesn't want the Impact treatment Don Callis damaged TNA for the benefit of profit by attaching himself to Kenny Omega. I like Omega a lot, but I did not like an entire company filled with hungry talent being exploited for Don Callis to drive to be part to be the AEW Ball Heyman. I mean, this is mostly true. I wasn't watching Impact, but I did not hear anything straight up. Like, how do you have this partnership was going on for like a year, wasn't it? Yeah, something like that. How you had this going for a year and not one single solitary knockout was on AEW TV. I don't think any of their women went to Impact either. Mm-hmm. So that was a bust. It's not sexism. Good Brothers were on, were on, you know, pounding around with the Bucks and Kenny, but they didn't really do much. Um, Kenny defended. He didn't even defend the title <laughs> on Impact. <laughs> they what was the paper before Bound for Glory he defended the title against like Sammy Callahan or was it Moose he defended against Moose and they didn't even shoot that at an Impact show they shot that at Daly's place so he didn't even defend the title in an Impact building I'm just like Jesus Christ so yeah this was not a great I don't know why they did this it didn't do anything for AEW it certainly didn't do anything for Impact and like I said before, it was an excuse for the Bucks and Omega to play with their friends and for Dom Fowles to be on TV. Like, it just... <laughs> I I can't think... Sad of, to see. I can't think of a worse partnership in pro wrestling than this right now. I'm sure there are some if I look back in history, but yeah, this did nothing for anybody. Didn't even uh, get impact. Didn't even get impact. I talked about like that. Uh, I mean, it was just really more airtime for AEW talent really really was and it was like this thing it was like well it's forbidden door with New Japan I'm like who came over from New Japan Suzuki and Kojima Kojima came over and lost to Moxley Suzuki came over 
lost to Moxley in a match that was not that good. And then I think he faced Danielson, which is a match I wanted to see, but never actually tuned in to watch it. Um, Tanahashi came over one time. Who did he wrestle? Did he wrestle Moxley too? Uh, I can't remember. I want to say yes, because it seems like that's the uh, that's the trend. Everybody wrestles Moxley. <laughs> so, guess who didn't show up? No Okada. No Shingo, who is the champion right now. No Naito. No Ibushi. No Ishii, even. No Ishii. They, no didn't get, they didn't get no Yano. They didn't even get Yano. Like, I'm like, <laughs> like no evil, no Sonata, barely, you know, like, actually, no ZSJ, like, no Osprey, no Grado. They didn't even get the freaking, well, I think Osprey might have been injured while this was getting hot and heavy, but it's like, no great. They didn't even get Grado Khan. <laughs> like, they had, they had Jeff Cobb on TV one time, and that was way before he had officially signed with AEW. Uh, not AEW, New Japan. So, because what was it? Jericho had hired freaking what would they build Jeff Cobb as like the mercenary or some crap like that? And Jericho had like hired him to face Moxley, and then Moxley beat him. Or was it Cody? No, it was Moxley. He hired him to like beat up Moxley, but then Moxley beat him. So, woohoo! Um, it's yeah, it's just this partnership was just not good. I kind of figured from the jump it wouldn't be because I was like, "What's what benefit is this for AEW?" It sounds like that WCW New Japan relationship. I mean, at least they had that, so they could use. At least when they did that, though, it was like the the young lions at the time coming over for excursion or whatever. So yeah. it's like they didn't really need to have the huge stars. You're just like, okay, here's this guy up and coming, like your Chonos and who else? Nagata. Nagata came over. Yeah, Chono, Nagata, uh Jado and Ghetto. Yeah, and if came over. Jado and Ghetto and like a few others, like they were still young in their careers or whatever, but now it's it's like they, they didn't do nothing. Like Yeah, it's <laughs> kinda... like, you know, nobody's really talking about it. Now, um what else we got one more thing to go to? Oh, uh, our wishes are well wishes are with Jim Ross, who has skin cancer, but he's getting it treated early. So hopefully, you know, he yeah, recovers. Yeah, all's good. Gets set squared away. Apparently he's had it for a year too, and it looks gnarly. Yeah. I saw that I saw a photo of it and I was like, man, I don't want to see it, but I was like, you know what? Let me see it. Let me see how let me see what it looks like. I saw it and I was like, oh God, that is definitely something that should not be growing. All right. So, whoa, hold up. Okay. Breaking news? Kinda. So, one of the biggest stories that broke is that is Ring of Honor this past week. Actually, I think it was like yesterday. So ring of honor revealed that they were ceasing operations for a while and releasing their talent from their contracts they dropped like the statement talking about their restructuring and final battle i believe that i think is going to be their last show till like april of next year was that what it was rike yeah yeah i want to say final battle and then yeah and super card of honor in april in 2022 should be their next show but 
Um, in a new Sports Illustrated article that dives behind the scenes of the company, it's revealed that ROH's tape library is available and will go to the highest bidder. And it's also of note that the company has been privately trying to sell library for more than a year. Look, if this is true, WWE need to get that tape library. Yep. <laughs> they, Vince, they Vince really is that bitch up. You better snatch that up. <laughs> Granted, it would be way better if the network was still the actual network was still around and they snatched it up. But hey, throw it on Peacock. I don't care. Yeah. But like no, that's just, just thinking about it. It's like <laughs> it, it's so funny, right? Because it's like you got CM Punk, Daniel Brian Danielson, and Adam Cole in AW, right? But all their shits in WWE is part of the library. <laughs> it's just like, yeah, you can watch. You want to watch Samoa Joe versus CM Punk for an hour? We got it on the network. <laughs> it's like, we got it on the network. Like I said, this is true. That that our mm, libraries includes the Sinclair owned archive which started in 2012 and ran until now. And that does include the all-in pay-per-view that served as the pseudo launching pad for AEW. According to the report, the reason why it hasn't been sold yet is that ROH has been asking for more than the current market value. And while many assume WDB might end up purchasing it to add to their library, that never came to fruition. Hmm. Which is, yeah, if they, they yeah, WDB might've been looking for it, but then they're like, nah, y'all asking too much. Which, I mean, that's kind of, that's like what happened with, um, uh, this is more anime related, but when WB was trying to sell Crunchyroll off and Sony was going to buy it, but WB was asking for like way too much. So Sony was like, nah, keep it. But they eventually lowered the price and Sony ended up buying it. So that might be what ROH does. If the price is too high and nobody wants to buy it, they're going to end up lowering it. So... I was gonna say Sinclair sounds like they was like, yeah, let's get into the wrestling business. And then it was just like, nah, let's not get in this bitch. We getting that up. We're taking too big of a loss. Yeah, so I don't I don't really know what even what this uh is is going to do, because this is like a pretty big thing that ROH is just like, yeah, nah, we're we're done for a bit. Yeah. Especially like them relaunching the uh, women's division. Yeah, that's that's yeah. what I was saying on the group chat. I'm like, they, sorry, they interrupt. They like just restructured that whole thing. They brought it back. They got a new title and everything. I'm like, that's that's gotta be a kick in the teeth for not only the women they signed, but for Roxy who just won the thing. Mm-hmm. So I I would assume they told some of the talent like beforehand that okay, this is what we're going to do. But yeah. I feel like they didn't do that. I feel they like it was just have. like one day it was just like, yeah, this is it, guys. They probably gave them like a half a day notice, and that was it. And they were like, yeah, we're releasing the statement. Y'all are y'all are out of work after the first or the thirty first. And if uh, we feel the need to have you back, we'll bring you back in four months. Um, there's still she's got a title defense Saturday night shameless plug but yeah the first fall is going to be for the ring of honor title and the second fall is going to be the new texas title so it should be defending that until they open back up hopefully she retains both titles 
We shall see. I don't. I don't know if someone could. What's the word? Usurp her. Out of her title reign. Yeah. Yeah. That. That word. Yeah. Yeah. Ain't no one beating her anytime soon. We shall see. I mean, if she makes it past Rachel, she's got Trisha Dora next month in Dallas. Is that the Hocus Pocus show? Or is uh, that this, the... Yeah, this Saturday is a Hocus Pocus show. Yeah. And then the one in November is a different show. Yeah. I was tripping. I, I didn't even know why I said that. I was like, damn, Hocus Pocus, it's October. That show's coming out. Yeah. kind of wish we didn't name it that, but... Oh, um, yeah. <laughs> yeah. Now, streaming and stuff. Tony Schiavone says apparently he thinks we'll see an AEW streaming service in 2022. Hmm. I hope AEW don't buy up ROH's uh, library. I mean, they That's could. <laughs> Considering, like, yeah, right now it would be a waste for them to do that. Yeah. I mean, it's the least they can do eventually because, like, because they don't they have anything, play. what they're going to put it on. They just gonna hold the library until they yeah. get this until they get a streaming service similar to like a network. Yeah. WWE network. Yeah, they might or do like, the whole New Japan World thing. I mean, New Japan put theirs up pretty quick. It was yeah, pretty but at least it still kind of is it. But that's Japanese websites in a nutshell. They're stuck in like '97. But um, <laughs> but like New Japan. No, I can't really see them buying it because it's like, what value would that be to Japanese wrestling fans? They don't care about ROH. Like, right. So the best person to buy it would be WWE, honestly. I mean, they throw it on Peacock, but, <laughs> like, you know, it did still, it's just, because what was it? Um, You have just like this just massive library. Like, I mean, some people might not like it, but. Can you imagine like one day there'd just be a library, like a, a comprehensive library of like almost all wrestling in one spot? I that feel like be- Vince, Vince's goal was, is that I would assume, because I mean, I mean fuck, he owns everything. I mean, yeah, because the network got so much stuff. They got WCW, they got ECW, they got some old Mid-South and um, I think they have some Stampede, don't they? Yeah. They, they don't have this. They don't have. Yeah, they don't CCW. have the stuff. They don't have the stuff Brett owns, but they got some Rampage, not Rampage, Stampede. They got some Stampede. They got the WCCW. They just got a. Uh, they got a lot. They got some Championship Wrestling from Florida too, right? Yeah. Like some of the only stuff they really don't have are like NWA, like old NWA. Um. Uh, I mean, even with even with the old. Uh, Georgia Championship Wrestling stuff that still was you know NWA banner stuff so it was yeah. like it, they do have some NWA and they still they got some and they got some English stuff too they got um, ICW they got some progress they got um, they got Evolve they got Evolve they got a uh, what was a uh, ICW progress um, XPW they got that so damn yeah, no. I feel like yeah, I feel like WWE will do that if they the grab news. it. Like this is all speculative. If they get it, yeah. which they might hold out, they get might wait till it, yeah, they might try and get it for wait and just you know, just be like we'll get it da da da. But let's see. So you know, this kind of like shook the wrestling world up a bit because I mean, 
a lot of people knew that once AEW got started, ROH was like floundering once AEW got started. Like people like to WWE killed the Indies. I'm like, shoot, you can make an argument that AEW killed ROH. <laughs> like because they helped fund all in, which got AEW pretty much out the gate. And then they took a lot of <laughs> took a lot of talent from them. Took a lot of talent from them. So they've had to like rush around and let's see. Uh and we said it a little bit earlier that Apparently, it was reported by Fightful and the Observer that ROH is releasing all of its wrestlers from their contracts. No contracts will be renewed, but everyone will finish out the year. But they can work anywhere they want immediately. Uh, oh, no. So, uh, ROH was, oh, this article says it on Bleach Report, ROH was once the top proving ground for rising stars on the independent scene. Almost every top name in the U.S. within the last decade competed in ROH at some point. Brian Danielson, CM Punk, Samoa Joe, Adam Cole, and Seth Rollins among the notable examples. But the growth of NXT helped put a dent in ROH's popularity because it provided an alternative to WWE's typical presentation within the WWE ecosystem. The explosion of AEW dealt another blow to ROH when Cody Rose and the Bucks announced the launch of AEW in 2019. It meant that Ring of Honor had to brace for a wave of marquee wrestlers heading for the exit door. The company could thrive when it was a main feeder system for WWE in the mid to late 2000s. Now it's getting crowded out of the wrestling landscape and with other promotions replicating what made ROH successful. It would be one thing if Ring of Honor went on break while providing a firm idea of what to expect upon its return and who will be on the roster. Instead, it might be faced with rebooting in the aftermath of a total talent exodus, at which point any comeback will be doomed before it starts. It's like watching it's like watching a, a pet you grew up with live until, you know, like 17, 18 years. And then it's like, oh, he's about to go into surgery and you don't know if he's making it back or it's making it back or not. Yep. Uh, but what, what else we got here with it? Um, so there's a lot of with all the release of talent, that's like a lot of people up in the air i mean obviously all a lot of them are going to be doing bookings but you can also argue that a number of them are probably going to be signed to somewhere like let's, let's just look at the roster real quick honor roster let's see i'm just trying to see people i recognize okay angelina love she could go back to impact um you got bandito you got uh, Bateman, you got Beer City Bruiser and Brawler Malonis, Brody King. I could see him going to AEW. Dalton Castle. I've been saying WWE should sign him a couple years ago, but I don't know. Danhausen. Somebody needs to sign Danhausen. He's great. Danhausen is amazing. Danhausen is great. Very good housing. Delirious is still there. He's more of a trainer these days, though. I could see him being picked up by like day i could see nxt being like well he's in the office too so who knows uh dragon lee you got ec3 ec3 man ec3 just got there like last year <laughs> right <laughs> poor guy flamita every time i see his name i'm like ain't that like a is that not a like a hispanic dish a flamita <laughs> like this was like to me every time i hear the name i'm like Flamita, tortilla. I don't know if Rike is saying something. Right. You there, Rike? What's up? Okay, I don't know mm-hmm. if you were saying something or not. You were just muted. You got Flip Gordon. You got the Briscoes. Jay Lethal. 
Joe Hendry, Jonathan Gresham. I could see him going to Impact since, you know, Grace is there. Uh, Josh Woods, uh, Kenny King. Man, Kenny King. He he is an enduring wrestler. I'm surprised he still have a job in wrestling half the time. Man Leon. Maria just got there. Maria and Mike Kanellis just came back. <laughs> Jesus Christ. Um... Marina Maniac, you got uh, Mark Haskins, Matt Taven. Let's see. I'm just looking at people who PCO. What's the over? You think Vince would take that PCO? No. Why not? Because he'd be like, you weren't you that French pirate thing that we did back in in '95, and you had that one match with Bret Hart, and that was it. Vince is weird I mean, though. He remembers he flustered like out. I could easily see Vince bringing PCO back to do something, cause, just because he'd remember him. Carl, Pierre, Hero Lay. Like, he'd probably try and make him go back and do that pirate gimmick, but I'm like, nah, he can't do that anymore. <laughs> PJ Black, Ray Horace, Rhett Titus. Rhett Titus been in ROH forever. Has he ever been in another company aside from ROH? Mm, that's a good question. He was we were in high school. Real. Rhett Titus been there forever. Uh, Roxy, uh, Roosh. Roosh. I don't his name always confuses me. Man's name is Roosh spelled Rush. I'm like shit, he going back to Mexico. In fact, Session Moth Martina. Shane Taylor. Silas Young, who's also been there forever in the day. Slex. God, that's a terrible name. Sumi Sakai, Tracy Williams, Trisha Dora. Uh, Vincent, world famous CB, that's cheeseburger. Like, there's a lot of people, there's a lot of good talent on this roster. Where are they gonna go? Um, Roxy, I can see her getting picked up by WWE just because, um, shit, how old is she? she 16, I think, when she started. She's like in her 20s now, like her early 20s. So, that'll be a good get for them. Like, and these are all the champions as of, you know, them starting to shut down. Bandito was the world champion. Roxy is the women's champion. Uh, Dragon Lee is the TV champion. Jonathan, uh, Josh Woods is the pure champion. Kenny King and Dragon Lee are the tag champions. And Shane Taylor Promotions is the six-man champions. So, well, okay. I could... I mean, I could see it if we, if we go through... Like I said, I could see Angelina Love going back to Impact, maybe. Bandito, I could see going to AEW. Beer City Bruiser and Brawler Malonis, I could see getting picked up by WWE. But because they're big guys, you know, Vince love him some big guys. And they're big sloppy looking dudes. And Vince likes big sloppy looking dudes sometimes. <laughs> Brody King, I could see going to AEW. He just seemed like he'd fit better there than in WWE. Dalton Castle, I could see going to WWE. Danhausen. Danhausen is a unique is a unique wrestler. So I don't know where he would fit. I think he's a bit too weird for what AEW apparently pretends they want to be sometimes. But he also might be a bit too weird for WWE. Like Yeah. But he'd probably fit in better with WWE because they embrace like that weirdness a lot more. So I mean if they just came if he just came in and just did his Danhausen stuff, then yeah, he he probably I'm sure he'd work out in WWE, but sure he'd be over with the kids, pretty good. We got Delirious, who could be a trainer anywhere. Um, I could see NXT picking him up as I could see Triple H being like, I want that guy. We have the same 
His real name is my work name. <laughs> His real name is Hunter. <laughs> my work name is Hunter. <laughs> we'll get along fine. Dragon Lee, I could see WWE picking him up, or I could see him going back to Japan. Yeah. Um, EC3. <laughs> Where's EC3 go? <laughs> EC3 goes to he goes to AEW. I'm gonna say he can't go to to... WWE because the only reason we got current EC3 is because WWE let him go. Yeah, (laughs) him going back would be weird right now. Uh, Flamita, I could also see going to AEW. Flip Gordon, also AEW. The Briscoes are a big what if because the Briscoes are always like, man, what if the Briscoes were in WWE? But it's like Briscoes can't go to WWE. The two. They too wild. They're, they're too much them boys. And apparently, you know, and there was a story that broke that connects to this is apparently they had some homophobic tweets in 2013. And that's yeah. supposedly why WWE didn't sign them. WWE and AEW didn't sign them most recently is apparently because of these tweets uh, that Jay Briscoe made. Many thought made them toxic throughout the mainstream wrestling companies. It sounds like things may have changed. Briscoe... Uh, um, Briscoes were surrounded by rumors about them showing up in AEW closer to the start of the promotion. The team never did sign or were never offered in the first place and opted, opted instead to stick with ROH. To this point, no contract for a major company has come along. Briscoes are two of the most decorated tag teams in history of ROH. Jay is a two-time world champion. As a duo, they won eleven. They won the tag titles 11 times. So... Jibris, these are the tweets Jay Briscoe said. The Delaware Senate passed a bill yesterday that allows states and couples to get married. If that makes you happy, then congratulations. Trying to teach my kids that there's nothing wrong with that, and now I'm effing to shoot you. <sighs> All right. Damn. All right, Jay. Uh, them boys ain't going to WWE. And if somehow <laughs> they did it, it wouldn't last long. They too independent-minded and always had their chicken farm for financial security. <laughs> I mean, WWE employs Riker, and he's pretty awful, so why not? That is a good point. <laughs> Jackson Riker still has a job, so. Uh, let's let's see who else is on here. Um, Joe Hendry, I could see WWE picking him up. Jay Lethal. Jay Lethal was Jay always Lethal. Jay Lethal was always one of the biggest what ifs in pro wrestling, especially when he started his like super run in ROH. It was like WWE. What was it, Rika? What was it, Rika? That was always like WWE should sign him now, but he kept re-signing with ROH. Jelly was like, "What is he forty yet? He's in his forties now, ain't he?" Yeah, he should be about that old now. Well, let's let's look it up real quick. Jay Lethal. Thirty-six. Uh, yep, thirty-six. Yep. He's got a few more years. I think he could, he could, I think he'll try to go. If all things happen good, he makes his WWE run, calls it that. Because I don't want to see him back in Impact. And I don't want to see him in AEW. You won't see him back in Impact because nobody watches Impact. So you won't see him. <laughs> oh, that's terrible. Jonathan Gresham is also one I could see working out in, well, he, he might have a better time in AEW than he would WWE because, you know, Vince's whole thing. That's also another thing. Like, didn't Vince think that EJ that they didn't want no more indie guys? Mm-hmm. So would they even get anybody from ROH? <laughs> like, uh, I mean, at some point, maybe EC3. But other than I don't that, think he'd return. Like, like, some of these talents are undeniable, though, that you got to get them if they're available. And some are still young enough that you can, you know, mold them. Yeah. 
Matt Taven, I could see going to AEW. Um, Maxine Impaler, she could go to AEW. Apparently, there was rumor that WWE was trying to sign Maria Mani- uh, Maria Manic like a couple years ago before she signed to ROH. So they could probably take her. Um, I mean, WWE probably take Mandy Leone. They they could use another pretty girl on the roster, I guess. Um, let's see. We already talked about Roxy. Um, PJ Black, I can't really see him going back to WWE. So AEW might be a good bet for him or Impact. Ray Horace, uh, Session Moth Martina. She said a couple years ago that she wouldn't go to WWE. She doesn't think it'd be the right fit for her. I'm like, well, depending on who picks you up, you might not have a choice. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, she'd go to UK. She'd go to NXT UK. Uh, Roosh, I could see, I could see WWE signing Roosh. To be honest, Shane Taylor too. Um, look, sign Shane Taylor and put him with the Her Business. <laughs> like I can, I can easily see him fitting in with Her Business. Uh, world famous CB, I, he, he, I can see him going to AEW. Needs to take his ass back to Japan. <laughs> Sumie Sakai, uh, I don't know what the, what would they do with Sumie. Selects, I could see going to UK. Sumie Sakai. I make her a trainer. Yeah, I could see her being a trainer. I feel like she'd be a trainer. Help the Japanese. Or they give her, they right? give her to Mako in the UK. Mako Kelly in the UK right now. Yeah, like this is this is very interesting. And you gotta it's it's just it's very weird this Ring of Honor stuff. Like it kinda came like out of nowhere. When mm-hmm. that was dropped out the sky. It was like what the what? It's like, yeah, we're closing until next April, blah blah after final battle. And I'm like, yo, that is wild. But hopefully whatever happens, it works well for them. Really. Um hopefully the talent is able to you know continue to work and thrive but they can still work if they can work like immediately after the company closes then they should be good there's places to go now the plenty of there's plenty of uh places they can go they can go that they can go to the nwa they can go to new texas not about that yeah they can go to new texas they can go to new texas y'all can get a whole bunch of people coming in like um Oh, you know, multiple wrestlers getting released. Apparently, MLW has two as part of a new company edict. They released three wrestlers. Uh, Beastman, who just debuted at the Fightland taping. Buku Dao, who signed in late 2020. And Leo Bryan, who signed in February 2021. Um, MLW's not publicly announced the releases, but word is that the roster is being cut as part of an edict by Court Bauer to shorten the MLW events. It was known that more release may be coming soon, but these three are the only cuts confirmed as of now. There was unhappiness within MLW over the length of the recent Fightland taping, which featured 15 matches. Jesus Christ. Bauer That's a had, lot. <laughs> yeah, for real. That's like a mania card. Bauer had recently decreed that tapings will not go that long again. MLW had a lot of content that needed to be taped, but there was a belief that the company had gotten into a bad habit of having too much on their shows, which was burning out the live crowd. The plans are trying to keep the tapings to a three-hour runtime going forward, even if that means less matches or having fewer talents booked per show. This left MLW in a situation where they had more talents than they can conceivably use, and rather than lock talents into contracts but not use them, the decision was made to release them from their contractual obligations. That makes sense. Um, but if WWE did, people would be mad, which is kind of what WWE did. They released a lot of people because it's like, well, we're not using you, so <laughs> like we're not using you. We don't have any plans for you. 
bye bye. This is kind of a problem that AEW has right now. I was like, y'all got a lot of talent that y'all ain't doing much with. That's why you have people apparently starting to get burnt out with these freaking four these four hour marathon tapings y'all got. Right. You got you got freaking Tony Nice on dark elevation calling out Fuego. So who cares? I mean, I like Fuego. Fuego was cool. I like Tony Nice's work, even though his per- he has the personality of a wet brick. But like, he- <laughs> he's good in the ring. But who who was clamoring for that feud? Like, um, not I. We're going. Someone commented. We're going to end up with two companies: WWE and AEW. <laughs> Someone's like, "Don't count on Impact. They'll survive the nuclear apocalypse." Yes, they will. <laughs> Uh, another release that happened recently, I think today, uh, Greg Hamilton, uh, WWE ring announcer Greg Hamilton, let go by the company today or yesterday, depending. He was released from the company this week. Rumors the mutual of, agreement, if I remember right. Yeah, he did. Um, I mean, he's had some kind of some, you know some wild tweets like <laughs> um did y'all hear about that tweet he said about leo rush uh, not really. it was when leo had announced his retirement from wrestling last year that obviously didn't last he had terry funk retirement but he announced his retirement from wrestling right <laughs> and craig hamilton he would he deleted the tweet but i know someone found it Greg hamilton leo rush he said Wow, unreal. If we all didn't have our own lives and families to take care of, I might just pretend that I give a fuck. <laughs> On behalf of the wrestling family and community who work for a living, onto the gym. <laughs> like, why though? I guess he I guess he had some heat with Leo Rush. Uh, yeah, but recently, apparently, he was going after West Side Gun? For what? Um, using sampling his voice for some songs because he said uh, he tweeted uh, he deleted the post but he tweeted he said well at West Side Gun at Buffalo Kids Gallery let's hope that since you stole my voice for your incoherent kindergarten fables that you saved up enough delivering for DoorDash because you are effed you'll be paying me for years apologize and I'll think about not collecting every dime for the rest of your life or I can just get WWE lawyers uh, I can get WWE lawyer. Settle with my lawyer and don't ever use my voice again. So wrong. And then he said, TikTok, the longer this goes, the longer I have in court. You ready to settle? Do you want to dance with WWE lawyers? It's a slam dunk. Price goes up by the day. I'm like, you really want to smoke a West Side Gun and Griselda? Like, why? <laughs> I mean, come on now. Uh, we know, I mean, I know a lot of rappers don't be talking, they be talking about their life, but they're not about it. I firmly believe Griselda's about that life. Especially like Benny the Butcher and Conway the Machine. Like, <laughs> Jesus Christ. Um, oh, okay. Yeah, so he got released, but apparently according to him, it was mutual. So, mm, he signed in 2015, spent time in NXT as a backstage interviewer and ring announcer before getting called up in 2016. And it's unclear who who does WWE have to replace him. They still got Mike Rowe? Well, they probably gonna pull that girl who does announcing in NXT. Alicia Taylor. Yeah, I like her. Don't don't pull her up. I like her in NXT. (laughs) That might be their next move because I remember somebody got moved over to one show and Greg Hamilton got pulled from NXT. 
They still got Mike Rome. Well, he's on Raw. Oh, okay. I was just make I didn't know if he was still there or not. Yeah, he does Raw now. So, I mean, one of them had to go. I sometimes get those two mixed up. Like, I don't so, know who, what didn't. who would you rather have, them or Justin Roberts? Uh, them. <laughs> <laughs> like his when he got like when he asked for his release back in what 2014, I was like, eh. Justin Roberts. Yeah, they got Lily and they'll be good. <laughs> be alright. They they really didn't. I mean, sure, there's there's gonna be a generation of kids who remember him for that time period. But me, I'm like, eh. He's he's on our generation. You know who we remember? We remember Howard Finkel and Tony Chimmel and Lillian. <laughs> so yeah, bring fucking Chimmel back. I think he still works within the company doing something. It's like Scott Stanford. I forget half the time that Scott Stanford is still in the company until he pops up on like a random WWE show. And I'm like, you are still here. Yeah, because um, I think NXT signed a new ring announcer anyway, like before they switched everything around. So they'll probably call Alicia Taylor up and they'll probably have a new girl take over Alicia's spot. That one it's new like- interviewer chick they got on NXT looks like a like first form version of Jojo. I haven't I haven't watched much NXT. Like they, she what they were Mackenzie Mitchell? No, Mackenzie's still there, but they have like another interviewer chick. She's like smaller, uh brown skin, has like the kind of like the big hair like Jojo has, but she's just much skinnier. Shit, that might be the girl I'm talking about. Yeah, that probably so is. I think she did, I think she did ring an Well then they also have that other girl who uh I think they I think she's on SmackDown now, but she used to do that. What was it, WWE Now show or whatever that Kathy Kelly was doing? Yeah. Yeah. I think she's on. They still have Sarah Schreiber, but she's a backstage interviewer. She's on a ring now. Uh, as um, what didn't Kevin Owens call her fake Renee? <laughs> yeah. yeah, that's what I thought too. I'm like, I don't know. I, there was like a time period where like they had Mike Rome and. Tom Phillips doing backstage interviews and Chris Jericho started fucking with one of them because they did look alike. I think it was. was it was, I think it, the thing that was Tom Phillips he was messing with because he kept calling him Todd, I think, or Tom. I forget. I always forget if his name is Todd Phillips or Tom Phillips. I'm like, they do have a bad habit of, you know, getting. Oh, you put me on the spot. You said what, Rico? They have a tendency of like, doing the Fox News thing where they get like backstage interviewers and they all look the same like <laughs> Kayla Braxton is the only one that stands out because she doesn't look like anybody else uh, and Chuck did too apparently rumor is that Charlie is going to AEW and I'm like why so she can not she leaving ESPN or she's staying with ESPN she might stay with ESPN. I don't know why. Damn. I don't know why she'd leave. But it's just like, is she not going to show up there too? Because isn't that one of the reasons WWE let her go? Because she just like kept being late for work at one point. Yeah, you can't do that in WWE. No. Well, really, you shouldn't be late at any job, but you really can't be late at WWE. Yeah. Like you Because like, they might need you for this segment and then you show up late. So that puts things behind. And in that company, when one thing falls behind, everything else falls behind. Especially when Vince come there, like especially when Vince show up like two hours before the show and rewrite everything. (laughs) Like, oh my gosh! One time, one time he rewrote Raw and it was actually pretty damn good. (laughs) 
like the one time he rewrote Raw, it was good. Yeah, like I remember everybody on Twitter was like, damn, Raw was really good. And then the next day it came out that Vince ripped up the original script and wrote the whole damn thing himself. <laughs> Maybe he I'm should. I'm like, he still, he still has it every still once got in a it. while. <laughs> when maybe, he, when maybe, um, <laughs> maybe that's what Vince should do. Maybe Vince should like hire, I mean, like fire all his writers and just start writing the shows himself. Maybe yeah. they'd be if consistent. He, if he got rid of the writing team and just, I don't know, say Cornette's a long shot, but if he like brought back a bunch of other people that made the company successful back in the day, maybe the show would be better. Like you know what you, you know what you do. Here's here's what WWE's writing room could be. Cornette, it'd be a long shot, like you said, but Cornette, Paul Heyman, Bruce Pritchard. <laughs> so it's like you put those three in there. You got Cornette on one. You got Cornette on one extreme. Paul Heyman on the other, and Bruce is in the middle. So Bruce can speak Vince. You keep him in the middle, and he can filter their stuff out and make it work somehow where Vince will be like all right let's do that but you only like 15 dudes doing it this is uh his best crew I didn't know it at the time but his best crew was uh Heyman Cornette not Heyman at the time but maybe it was like, like Cornette, Cornette Patterson and Michael Hayes and like and Russo was there I think it was Ross I kind of wish um, I was a fly on the wall all the time. Russo would say some stupid shit and Cornette would be like, what the fuck? <laughs> the funniest story Cornette told was, um, I think they had seven matches and like five out of seven of them were hitting a DQ. Oh, yeah. And so Cornette saw that shit and he went up to Russo and was like, Russo, you realize you got like five matches in the DQ? And <laughs> I guess Cornette kept bringing it up to him and then finally Russo was like, DQ speak you. No one cares. I'm like, <laughs> oh yeah, and that was when Cornette went off on him. I'm like, I care. Like, I don't want to watch a show and you got like six or seven matches and five out of five out of them are like into the DQ. What? Facts. Like, nobody wants to see that shit. Nah. I'd be even more mad if I bought a ticket and that's my car. <laughs> None of these like, matches nigga, have I a conclusion. I spent I spent gas time. And I had to sit through a bunch of other bullshit. And then, like, you got all these matches in the DQ. Man, eat a dick. Maybe <laughs> eat two. Uh, okay. Well, let's uh, get to pretty much our one of our main topics of the evening. Is it the juicy one? Charlotte. Charlotte Flair. Okay. At this point, Robert would say, you know, you got to be fair to Flair, dude. You just got to (laughs) be. Now, I think we talked about it a bit last week with the whole cluster of a segment that happened on SmackDown last week with the exchanging of titles. And like, yes, let's let's get this out the way. I was going to talk. I was going to start my SmackDown reviews. But that episode, I was like, this is so ass. I was like, <laughs> the best part of the segment, they put it at the top of the show. And then the conclusion was that my ass segment. I'm like, bruh. Like, I'd be okay. mad as that. Yeah, go ahead. <laughs> Off top. Yes, we get it. We acknowledge it. The whole exchange of titles in the first place is stupid. Yes. 
it's it's pretty dumb. Like, I, I've been saying this for a couple months now. I've been saying this for a few weeks to a couple months. If they just unify the titles, they wouldn't even need this segment. They just need to unify the world title belts. Yeah, the roster is big enough. They're fine. They can get away with it. Nobody would really care if WWE, the main wrestling company, just had one men's title, one main men, one world title, and one women's world title. Nobody would care. Um, as long as you book it right, nobody would care. But anyway, we get it. It's stupid. It makes no sense, really. Kind of cheapens the value of the belts. It's like you just hot potato, like hacky sack thing. That being said, and then um, then notwithstanding the fact that they had two chances prior to that to put the title on a Raw superstar, to put the SmackDown title on the SmackDown superstar, they could have had Bianca beat Charlotte on Raw, and they could have had Sasha win the damn belt in Saudi easily. Yeah, like I said, I get all that. All that would have made more sense. That being said, the old man wanted this segment. He wanted to do this for whatever reason. This is what he wanted, right? Right. Even if you don't like it, just do it. Just do it quick and painless. Get the segment over with and move on. Yeah. You don't have to make it a production, which apparently Charlotte did. So what was it? What what happened in the segment? She like dropped the title instead of okay. giving it to Becky. <laughs> yeah, so he like Becky actually proposed a match. Mm. You know, why don't we just have Becky two belts again? You know. Okay. And so, um, so I guess Sonya says something like, "Go ahead and exchange the belts, or have a peaceful exchange, or some weak shit like that." Um, so Becky goes to reach for Charlotte's belt. Charlotte pulls it away from her, and. Charlotte Stans will say she accidentally dropped the belt. I'm like, nah, that heifer dropped that belt on purpose. <laughs> so she clearly like just drops the belt. And you can see Becky. I was just like, Becky is either a great actress or she's genuinely pissed off. Because I I've, I've been watching her wrestle since the NXT days and I was like, I've never seen her that pissed off before. So she took a couple steps back and just chunked her belt at Charlotte. Charlotte just let the thing fall. And then um didn't Sasha come out later? Yeah, but Sonya like made Charlotte pick up the Raw Women's title. And Sonya took the title from Charlotte to head it to Becky. And then Sasha came out. And according to the internet, that's when the segment got back on track was when Sasha came out. Okay. Because I, I, I don't know why I thought I'd read somewhere that Sasha coming out wasn't part of it, but they sent her out there to help save it. Yeah, because everything had fell off the rails. Like once... Charlotte dropped the belt. That that kind of like everything went left from there. And Charlotte tried to save it by saying, How about we have a winner take all match? You want to make you two belts so bad? I'm like, nah, it's already not after you dropped that title just on the ground like that. Yeah, it's <laughs> it's I was like, I I remember when I broke into the business, there was this phrase, and I love it to death. It's like once it's fucked up, it's fucked up. You can't unfuck up a fuck up. It's, it's done. Done. It's true. Like, that was a good example. Like, Charlotte attempted to save a segment that she fucked up. And I'm like, nah, it's already dead. You can't, you can't resuscitate this. Not even Shawn Michaels can get this back on track. Yeah. I was a firm believer back in the day that Shawn could fix anything, but not even Shawn Michaels could fix it. So, Sasha came out. 
Becky said, I'm going to let you two doves go at it. I'm going to Raw. So she just bailed out of the ring. Sasha said, bye, Becky. And then Charlotte tried to get a line in. And Sasha saying, oh, what's wrong, Sasha? You felt left out. Does anybody even remember you being the chance here? I'm like, pretty sure they do, considering she had, like, the best match that weekend at WrestleMania. So, yeah, I'm pretty sure they do. And she wanted SB for that shit. So, yeah, people do. But anyway, I was just like, this is the silliest shit I've seen in a long time. Well, no, there was that finish between Roman and Finn last month. So, no, that wasn't the silliest shit I've seen. Look, that was one. This could have been just, oh, well, Bandito's going to go GCW. But anyway, okay, okay, never mind. <laughs> like, um, well, that answers that Bandito question. But it could have just been just a normal, just meh segment. Mm-hmm. But Charlotte made it so much worse. Yeah, like um, apparently her and Becky got into it backstage. So yeah, that's so. That's the rumors that I'm seeing. Um, what was it? Her and there was a backstage conversation between her and Becky last week. Uh, apparently the tension led to words between those two backstage. Vince was upset apparently because Charlotte just walked off and say nothing to him when she hit Gorilla. Sonya wanted to fight her. Apparently, Sony was mad enough to fight her. Then you get the that apparently she's becoming increasingly difficult to work with. That according to the torch, the queen has alienated her colleagues backstage with attitude issues. And she has been increasingly difficult to work with over the course of the year. Uh, she's been isolating herself more and more behind the scenes. She's believed to be only interested in how she looks and said to scrutinize everything she's involved in through a self-centered filter. Um, so... This problem with Charlotte is not new. Sadly, it's it's not new. I think maybe it's the first time it's been to this extent, though. Like, apparently I read somewhere that her and Becky's friendship is fractured over the past couple of years. And the only thing I can interpret that to, I could be wrong, but the only thing I can chalk that up to is professional jealousy. Yeah. Because I was thinking about it the other day. And... Um, I was thinking about the other day. When you compare the four horsewomen, right? For the longest time, Charlotte was at the top. Like, if you just grade them based on hierarchy, Charlotte was at the top. It was her, then Sasha, then Bailey, then Becky. Becky used to be at the bottom of the four horsewomen. Yeah. Then when Becky became the man, she skyrocketed to the top. Yeah. She was number one now. And I could see Charlotte being jealous of that. Yeah, because remember, they were... I think the goal at the time was to get Charlotte and Ronda at WrestleMania 35 the next year. Mm-hmm. But Becky got so hot that for some reason Vince thought it was a good idea. Like I remember that whole scenario vividly. Like it was originally gonna be Becky and Carmelo from the SmackDown Women's title. Charlotte came back and she got added to the match. Oh yeah, the SummerSlam. Yep, it was good. Yeah. The whole storyline was Becky pretty much, you know, she had turned herself around. She's like, nah, I've been losing a lot. I need to get back on track. She mm-hmm. was winning matches. People were getting behind her. She earned that match against Carmella. Then Charlotte just showed back up and was like, because I think it had to be, I think she had taken time off because of her surgery or something. So mm-hmm. she had come back and then she's and then I don't even think she even asked for towel shot, but it was like she was like, uh, they put her in a title match. They put her in a non-title match against Carmella. 
and if she beat Carmella, she'd be at the title match. Well, she beat Carmella, so she got added to the uh, the SummerSlam match. She won by pinning Carmella after Becky already did the work, and then Becky beat the hell out of her. And Becky, yeah. and that was when it turned around for Becky when she beat the mess out of Charlotte that night. In which WWE were trying to make Becky the baby, I mean the heel, and it clearly backfired because she was justified. That was when it took off for Becky, and she became the man not long after. Yeah, and I think Charlotte probably felt like you know this was supposed to be my big WrestleMania moment, and you're to the top, kind of derailed everything for me. And it really did when you look back at 2019. Like she was the most popular female wrestler in the world. Like she was on top. Yeah, she was but, more popular than most of the guys. Yeah, you know? but uh, you mean Charlotte? Uh, nah, in twenty nineteen, Becky. Oh yeah, yeah, when like, Becky had come up, yeah, because you know I can yeah. see how Charlotte be mad, like oh she did this and she wrote WrestleMania, but you can't predict how hot somebody gonna be after a while. And then what happened? She she was starting to get hot, and then and then Nia punched her in the face, and that made her even more popular. Yeah, because she had visual. Like her standing on the top of the stairs, nose just bleeding. Yeah. Con- she was pretty much concussed. She was out on her feet at that point. Like she had no idea where she was. But the, and just the fans the visual, eating it up too. Yeah, just the visual. Just like, damn. Like the dudes weren't even looking that badass back then. <laughs> like none of them were. Like Becky got knocked in the mouth straight up by Nia Jax. Random punch that Nia just reckless as hell. Just threw it. Nose busted everywhere. She was just standing on top of the stairs. Like, nah, I did that. And I look at stuff like that as, uh, you know, I don't know if it is, but even if it is professional jealousy, if she's doing better than you, just work hard. Just, you know, put in that time and that effort. Like, yeah, it's like that saying, you know, no one cares, work harder. Yeah, like she, I mean, the two matches I've seen her in since she's, well, the couple matches I've seen her in, Becky hasn't lost a step. No. And it's like you, uh, it's, it's also with Becky, it's like, I don't know if it was for a WWE 24 or some other interview thing. Like she was talking about how, I'm not saying this was Charlotte. I don't think it was Charlotte, but she was talking about how other women were complaining about Ronda, like having to, what was it? Either having to work with Ronda or Ronda when she was there, like getting these high profile matches or anything. And Becky was like, I don't care about all that. Y'all over here whining, talking about her because y'all feelings got hurt. I don't care about feelings. I'm trying to make money. Yeah. She said, bump your feelings. I'm trying to make money. I'm trying to put on the best show for the people. The, nobody cares about your feelings. I was like, yeah, that's why Becky's in the position she's in. <laughs> and I think it was, I think she, was she the one that said it? It was one of them. It was one of the women. It might have been her that was like, or maybe it was Alexa. I forgot. One was like, yeah, the people are complaining about, you know, Ronnie getting these spots and some of the women that are uh, talking about ronda coming in and getting these spots and having to work with her but it's like if you work with her she's high profile you're gonna get you know elevated as well if you were with ronda rousey like yeah she's new but she's a big name so working with her only elevates you and you get more money but uh, that's that's the thing around it but yeah with charlotte it's just i don't know she's had attitude problems before like i always go back to tlc 2019 i'll never forget it TLC 2019 where she just straight up just abused Kylie. Yeah, I, I lost. She kind of lost me when she did that because I'm like, yeah, I lost a lot of respect for her that night. Where freaking where Becky had to pretty much hide Kylie from Charlotte. Like Jesus Christ. 
it's like you know you can have that mentality like yeah i'm one of the top women here they're not gonna let me go you know the women's division doesn't have a whole lot of depth so they really can't afford to lose me and i'm just like man look hogan left they moved on mm-hmm. austin and rock left they moved on cena left they moved on like you know, say what you want about that company, but they find a way to bounce back and keep moving. That that shit goes. That shit say, stop under her. Right. I'm not saying they got women to replace Charlotte because Charlotte is a special talent. We're not going to deny that. But right. like, if she left, the the women's division in general is not going to die. No. You still got Sasha. You still got Bailey. You still got Becky. You got Bianca now. Oscar's still there. Natty's always good to come in like and even down in NXT you got Rhea you got Nikki you know she, they let her be cross again but you got Nikki Naomi's still there you go down to NXT Raquel's ready to come up there's Frankie Monet Dakota just came back like um, you got Tegan you got Shotzi like there's plenty of women on the roster now where it's like you pick one and go they're not like if Charlotte's gone, it would be a blow, but it's nothing that you can't recover from. Right. So, yeah, and like, yeah, and back to the Kyrie thing, it was just like, clearly this girl didn't know where she was at. Why are you trying to force a move? Like, what was she trying to do to Kyrie? I don't know, but I didn't like the fact that coming to find out she had a concussion and Charlotte was still slapping her in the face. Yeah, that's what it was. There was that and then what was it? She tried to pick her up for a suplex or something, but obviously Kyrie wouldn't go because she didn't know where she was at and Charlotte was just like, she's trying to ride down. I'm like, what are you doing? I watched it as it was going. I was like, whoa, what is going on? And then, yeah, the whole thing, Becky had to pretty much hide Kyrie from her and that was also the, that was also when I like lost respect for Brian Alvarez during that because he wasn't blaming Charlotte. He was, from what I saw, he wasn't blaming Charlotte. He was blaming the refs. I'm like, okay, the refs are partly culpable, yeah. But at the same time, there's like, there's two refs out there and then it's a TLC match. So there's a lot of stuff going on that they got to keep track of. But the wrestlers also need to take care of each other. And, yeah, like, Char- and Charlotte was not doing that to Kyrie. Yeah, just speaking from experience, like, man, the referees most of the times don't know. Like it's up to us as the guys that's putting the matches together to like communicate with each other. Like you can tell when a guy's off a step or not knowing where he's at. That's when you communicate to the ref, like, hey, you know, it's a part of your job. Communication yeah. is essential in there. And this ain't even just a recent thing, like look, regardless of whose fault it was, we just had that nice stuff with Charlotte. Yeah. I I just was like you know if if the match is falling off the rails just slow down talk to each other and get back on track it's like this girl told you don't and you still mushed her in the face and she came back with a three piece and about four pop out yeah. drive I'm like <laughs> Charlotte you you big like you tall we're not going to deny that but Naya is a big Samoan woman you <laughs> Right, she got that freaking nature strength. That you she... ain't gonna, you ain't gonna do nothing about like if Naya hurt people accidentally. What makes you think he won't get hurt when she's intentional about it? Yeah. <laughs> like, what can she do when she's genuinely trying to hurt you? <laughs> like, come on now. Like, yeah, like that was. Oof. And then I remember there was an interview two years ago. It was after the TLC thing, and she had said she had just been like 
burnt out and kind of just like going through the motions and i'm like if you going through the motions results in a kyrie getting hurt then you need to sit down somewhere like if you're not feeling it just say you're not feeling it yeah and sit out and let someone else do something because it's and there's different things with charlotte that's had problems over the years like i don't fully blame her for like i said this a few months ago when eo was nxt women's champion and then who was it i think it was y'all too i think robert also said that he wasn't really feeling eo's title reign and i'm like i believe the reason you weren't feeling it is because she never beat charlotte she'd been Rhea in the triple threat but charlotte never had a return match because it didn't seem like because charlotte lost the title which she didn't even need it did nothing for her and it certainly didn't help NXT ruin Rhea for almost a year. Yeah, I didn't. I, I like Triple H tried to make. He said something about the decision to pin Charlotte, but I was just like, you know, I rock with you on some shit, but I can't rock with you on that one. Rhea really took the pin when she didn't have to, just for Charlotte to take time off. Granted, Charlotte had like a, you know, surgical issue she had to take care of, but. Still, I'm like, if Charlotte is leaving, why not have Charlotte take the pin? Especially if Rhea Ripley is still going to be yeah. there. Next, you know? I don't know if he f- actually believed that or that was just like, <laughs> or Charlotte not getting pinned was a Vince decision and he's just trying to cover for it. I don't know. I, I was just like, you know, it's just common sense. Okay, you're not going to be here you know, this Wednesday coming or the next week or the next, you know, you're not going to be a part of any of it. So, you're obviously taking the pit. Similar play. No yeah, and then, and then when she came back, she went straight back to the main roster. NXT was rarely, if ever, mentioned. Like, it mm-hmm. didn't even happen that she was the champion, which devalued EO's win even more. Oh, wait, wait, wait. There's more. There's more though. Um, They actually restructured her number of titles but they excluded her NXT so it's like she was never even NXT champion in the grand scheme of things like if you want to take out her second one I'd say fine even though it'd be stupid since that was when NXT was on national TV and we all saw her with the title belt but why take out her first one it was like it was like what was it they it was like when Bailey won the Smackdown Women's title and they said Bailey was the first Grand Slam women's title. I mean women's champion. Which she was. But then Charlotte won the NXT title or something. And then they said Charlotte was the first Grand Slam. And I'm like, no, no, she wasn't. It was Bailey. Why are y'all trying to devalue Bailey's accomplishments for Charlotte? Um, but it's there was that. And then she got immediately brought up because I heard that rumor was like apparently NXT creative was arguing with the main roster creative at one point because they wanted Charlotte in NXT I assume to you know get beat by EO but eventually she just went back up to Raw and she beat Rhea again for the Raw women's title the second time it happened I'm like why that also made no sense to me like you could maybe make an argument for the first time even though I don't think it's a good one but the second time why did she beat her again Mm-hmm. It just made Rhea look bad again, and now she's her and Nikki have been foisted together. Yeah, I heard. Um, they're not really having. Well, obviously they're not having tag matches anymore because they like depleted the women's tag division. Yeah, there's like nobody so, in that division anymore. So they're just like shoving it into um, 
that safe sentence, I guess, to make up for them not having anybody to defend against. Like it, yeah, it makes no sense. But yeah, the Charlotte thing. Apparently, there's more news coming out that they've also WDB has apparently pulled her from doing media interviews this week. Man. So is she gonna be on SmackDown this week? Your guess is as good as mine. <laughs> That's why I have to wait and see on the next episode of Dragon Ball Z. <laughs> um, then there was a rumor talking about apparently people close to her like pushing her to go to AEW. Like who, Brit Maker? No, I guess it was like her her close people people close to her her family. I'm guessing Andrade would be one, but if that's true, it's like they don't really act like people don't actually think that she's actually going to leave, but. Mm-hmm. She might she, take some time off again. She takes so much. She always takes. She takes time off a lot. I'm starting to realize. <laughs> yeah. She takes more breaks than anybody. Like Becky took that break because obviously she was pregnant and had a kid. But before then, how many times has she taken a break? Uh, almost every year, except 2019. Sasha, Sasha takes a lot of breaks. Bailey don't really take breaks <laughs> at all, <laughs> except now because she's hurt. But um. Yeah, like Charlotte take a lot of damn breaks. <laughs> like, every few months, Charlotte's gone. I mean, they could get by without her. I mean, shit, you got Rhea Ripley there. They've done it before. Like, yeah. I mean, I. It's kind of interesting to me. Like, it's it's like when um, Trey got injured, John Cena got injured. You know, when the guy that's on top is always there, then all of a sudden he's not around anymore. So it's like, damn, who's gonna step up to the plate? Mm. I don't know. We'll see what happens on uh, Friday. Yeah, it's, 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 it's this weird situation with Charlotte. Like as a as a whole, it's just what, what's the old saying? You didn't have all that to do. Like you really didn't. But let's 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 play the what if. Let's play the what if game. What if she went to AEW? She can't be Charlotte. She would have to use a real name. Which fine. She did. She'd probably just go by Ashley Flair or whatever. But is she a big fish in a small pond? In uh, AW, like who conceivably would be on her level? Thunder Rosa and Serena Deeb. Britt Baker, that's what it Britt on promos, but not in ring. Yeah. <laughs> like, like I mean, I'm sorry, I like Britt, but Charlotte would dust her in the ring. And yeah. like, you got um, Hikaru. Her and Hikaru could probably do something. Her and Ruby, sure, but really just be Thunder Rosa and Serena who'd really have the best matches with her overall so she'd kind of be big for small pond a little bit because Jade's amazing to look at she can't go Nyla Rose is Nyla half the time she doesn't really do much Statlander is I guess Statlander's gotten better but you know really only perk of her going to AEW would be being with Andrade who was also somewhat foundering I guess they're doing something with him now I don't know but I don't know. Like you said, we'll see. We'll see what happens with her. Uh, I guess we'll end this with um with Halloween Havoc. Talk about Halloween Havoc a bit. It was Wednesday. Uh, I won't go through the whole show, but some some highlights. Chucky was there, but <laughs> but he wasn't actually like in the ring. Thankfully, he'd only did like some pre-tape segment things before like introducing some of the matches or whatever mm-hmm. that's all he did thank god um, 
apparently, I would have to rewatch it, but apparently EO took a. I wasn't looking at the time, but EO apparently took a real scary bump during the ladder match. Um, what was it? I think it was bad ladder bump on NXT. Yeah, with her. Uh, backstage, you're taking nasty bump from the top of the ladder, as noted. Uh, the response when EO and Indy fought for the ladder, but Indy was knocked off. Shirai continued up until Indy tipped the ladder over, saying Shirai flying out the ring, crashing onto a ladder. Oh, yeah, yeah, I remember seeing that. Shirai landed hard and hit the floor as fans chanted, Holy shit, while Indy looked concerned from the ring. Yeah, I'll probably put, I'll put that up in the chat. That, that spot looked wild. I was like, Woof. But she she's okay. <laughs> Thank God. <laughs> she's okay. And she made a tweet. She said, I am not dead. I will always keep getting up to do my best. Just sad that the title's not on my waist. Halloween habit. <laughs> Indy was like, damn, you tweeting from the grave. Because <laughs> <laughs> uh, EO tweeted, she was like, uh, I hate Indy Hartwell. And Indy was like, damn, you tweeting from the grave. <laughs> <laughs> Uh, Shayna tweeted it. She said, um, "She said one, what a match. Two, Io Shirai is the best, but I beat her." <laughs> Man, what is she, what show is Shayna on? Is she on SmackDown? Yeah, she's on SmackDown. Hopefully, she wasn't on SmackDown last week, despite teasing an alliance with Mandy Rose. <laughs> Not Mandy, but I'm about, to, I'm about to say, <laughs> it's like Mandy Rose. What? I mean, I love looking at Mandy. Uh, yeah, a few people reacted like Io taking that nasty bump. Candace was like she made her mama proud talking about Indy. <laughs> um yeah, it, it was crazy. Yeah, like I said, I'll post that in the group chat. But yeah, that that happened. It was a crazy bump. Um Gigi and uh um JC won. Which I thought Yeah, mm-hmm. GG Dolan. Mm-hmm. JC's been looking better over the past few weeks. Like JC Jane, tell me JC Jane does not look like Britt Baker's older sister. <laughs> she, she do. <laughs> like if you put her and Britt next to each other, I'm like, I swear they'd be twins or at least they look related. Um, yeah. So their toxic attraction of the new tag champion, which I, as soon as they said this is a ladder match, I was like, okay, this is a way they can get the titles off EO and Zoe without you know beating EO and Zoe. And you know, if they're champions, that means Gigi gonna be on my TV more, which I am all for. They just need to get Saray on TV more. I don't know what happened to Saray. What the crap? Like Saray's been on like freaking two hundred five live recently, and I'm like, why? What are y'all doing to Saray? What the? F- <laughs> Saray is good, like, and she's adorable. Anyway, um, Carmelo Hayes and Trick Williams were bopping around a haunted house. Those segments were not great. They brought back the freaking zombie ref and I'm like, Jesus Christ, oh, Johnny. Has he still not resigned? Johnny Gargano. Because I think his contract about to be up. If it's not the end of this year, it's early next year. And he apparently hasn't resigned yet, or they haven't offered him a contract yet. Well, he's probably going to go to uh, PWG or PWG point or 2.0. Oh, you mean AW? Yes. <laughs> PWPAWG? <laughs> Um. Uh, Grayson Waller was doing crap I didn't care about Joe Gacy randomly faced Malik Blade he beat him real quick and Harlan showed up and stuff 
Kaylee Ray had a vignette. She was like, she said her being the longest reigning women's champion in 60 years got her no respect and she was mad. So I guess she's going to do something now. Maybe start jumping people. I don't know. They need to do more stuff with Kaylee Ray anyway. She is great. Uh, Malcolm Bivens announced a Diamond Mine Open Challenge. He was like, whoever steps up can get knocked out by Ivy Nile, get their wig split by the Creed Brothers or stomped out by Roderick Strong. Oh. Odyssey Jones came out, right? <laughs> and Malcolm Bivens was like, my brother, my brother, with all due disrespect, your big ass ain't 205. <laughs> uh, Malcolm Bivens is the best. But him and Strong had a decent match. Uh, the Creed brothers got involved, but Jones fought them off and Strong pinned him after a jumping knee. So good for Roddy. They're using him better than they're using Kyle O'Reilly right now. So. Damn. I think Kyle's just teamed up with Von Wagner doing who knows what. Like, just, I don't know. Uh, Raquel Gonzalez and Mandy, uh, they, they spun the wheel and made the deal. The match was Chucky's choice. And he picked a, oh, a, a trick or street fight. So they had this street fight. Uh, Mandy looked all right. And Raquel was beating her everywhere. I put it in the group chat. I'm like, Mandy refuses to use this kendo stick right. Because <laughs> she kept hitting... She kept hitting Raquel with the... She was holding the tip and hitting Raquel with the other end. I'm like, that's not how you hold that. There's a handle. Hit her. Hold the handle and hit her. (laughs) (laughs) And it was like, okay, maybe she just got excited in the moment and just did it once. No, she hit her like three separate times and held it wrong each time. I'm like, Mandy, what the... You could dye your hair, but you can't... uh... And she's so blonde. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah. Um... Gonzalez, uh, oh, Mandy tried to pin Raquel outside the ring, but uh, that that didn't fly because you have to pin someone inside the ring. Can't hold a camera, but <laughs> uh, Gonzalez speared Mandy through a table. That got a near fall. Then a mystery woman showed up and hit Raquel in the back with a shovel, and Rose pinned her with the jumping knee. So Mandy is the new champion. Uh, so. Toxic Attraction has all the women's titles. And the mystery woman was Dakota Kai with her bright pink hair. So Dakota is back. Mm. What? Which as soon as she hit Raquel in the back, I was like, yeah, that's Dakota. Because <laughs> like, I, I was thinking, I was like, maybe, is it, is it, maybe, is it Ember? <laughs> is it so-and-so? I'm like, nope, that's Dakota. Which I'm cool. I like to see Dakota. Um, Solo Sokoa debuted He beat up Grayson Waller Which I was happy to see Not because I hate Grayson Waller But because LA Knight wasn't the one that got beat up Because they were both in the ring So they need to do better by LA Knight I don't know what he's doing Like They need to do better by him Uh, Match of the night was probably This NXT tag team title match MSK versus Imperium The wheel landed on a Lumberjack-O-Lantern match So basically it was just a Lumberjack match but it was pretty it was pretty good um this was the spot that had west that nash carter do a cutter on i think it was eichner no i think it was bartell he did a cutter on bartell but like nobody caught like really nobody caught him on the way down because <laughs> he did it from the top or he did it from the top turnbuckle onto the floor and like really nobody uh, caught him <laughs> So I'm like, Jesus Christ. That's why Matt Real said everybody there need to get beat with sticks. <laughs> he said everybody there, friend or not, need to get beat with sticks. <laughs> Jesus Christ. 
<laughs> but he was that was wild though it almost gave me like it kind of gave me like r-truth miz vibes remember when r-truth did that dive on raw a few years ago and miz just did not catch this man yeah he just let him go. <sighs> i was so that, mad i was mad too he let that man hit back first straight on the floor like what is going on <laughs> I don't know if that was the planned spot or what. He just, he just, oh, yeah, I, think they Triple H, I think they see Triple H um, went off on him when he came to the curtain for not catching that man. <laughs> and he's done that twice. He did it a couple years ago. I forgot who it was. Was it? It wasn't. I don't think it was R Truth again. But he was like wrestling somebody else and just let them hit the floor. <laughs> I think it was Evan Bourne or somebody said some shit like that. No, it was like when I say a few years ago, I mean like two, three years ago. I remember seeing it. I forgot who he was wrestling, but they dove out on him. And Miz just again was like, nope. (laughs) I'm like, why do you keep agreeing? Why do you keep agreeing to these dives if you ain't gonna catch nobody? For real. (laughs) (laughs) He's trying to swindle his way up. Like, like I know. Anytime somebody dabbed at me, I always caught him. Even if they overshot, I like took a couple steps back just to catch him. Like I know Austin Theory had gotten heat like a couple years ago when he didn't catch like last year when he didn't catch Montez. But I'm like, I watched that replay. It really looked like Montez was going too fast and Austin wasn't ready yet. <laughs> so like Austin was turning around. It was like mid-turn when Montez was doing that dive. And I'm like, what are you? Montez! I was like, yo, chill. He's not ready yet. Like Jesus Christ. You know Montez though, and Montez has one speed. <laughs> Go. Like, <laughs> I guess this man ran the ropes. And was like he'll figure it out. <laughs> Just like, leaped out there, and friggin' Austin did catch him in time. I was like Jesus Christ. Um, but yeah, this this tag team match was pretty good. If you don't watch any other match on the card, I'd recommend this one. Uh, Eichner pinned Lee after a European bomb. So they are the new tag team champions. Imperium are. They beat MSK. Oh, damn time. Who, for Imperium or for MSK to lose the titles? Both. (laughs) Well, MSK had a nice long run, actually. So good for them. If you ask me, it's like... If someone asked me, it's like, who would you have beat them? I would have had GYV do it, but you know, they, they need to do more with the Grizzled Young Veterans. But, you know, I mean, Imperium's not bad. They've, they've been getting over recently. Wow, they have been getting super over for some reason. Not because they're, I mean, they're good, but I was just like, yeah, the, the crowd really been into Imperium lately. Like, yeah, all the more reason that um, MSK deserves to lose. Did the, um, did the way they lose did they lose a match by doing that one stupid move I hate like they did the move that, but that's not how they lost the match hey, that's how I would have booked the moves like <laughs> they go for the move the guy moves out of the way then his tag partner comes in takes the other guy out and then they do some kind of double team move for the win that's well the guy you out. like well, you'll, the guy you like took the pin so <laughs> yeah Wesley took the pin <laughs> what the man? What the hell, man? The man? Fuck, man. God, man. Why? 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 <laughs> why him? Why not the other guy? Why not Crash Carter? <laughs> yeah, that's like the feet popping. Like, why would you pin Montez? <sighs> it's like Edge and Christian. Why wouldn't Christian take the pin? Well, it's like oh, it's, that's like why one of Cornette's main. That's like one of. That's like one of Cornette's main gripes about uh when the Varsity Blondes have a match on AEW. It's always Brian Pillman getting the pin. <laughs> Why? 
Christian took the pin. Devon, well, they had a Dudley's alternate, but Christian took the pin. Fuck, uh, Jimmy Uso used to take the pins. Now Jimmy takes them all. Um, the Street Profits, Angelo Dawkins always has to lose. A New Day, Xavier always gets pinned when they lose. Like, it, it's just something that happens. Like, why the fuck would you pin the most talented guy in the group? Why? 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 <laughs> Like not not cool. the other guy. But yeah, like I mean, Nash is cool, but yeah, Wesley is clearly you know the Wesley is Wesley. Like he was in all caps. He's yeah, he, a star. He, yeah, he he is a star, and like no cap, he really is. He's he's dope. Like what the fuck? Did, did, did he at least get paid by Eichner? Yeah, he did. He did. Okay. All After right, the European the bomb, so yeah, he got pinned by Eichner. Okay, that's the only saving grace. <laughs> Then he got pinned by Eichner, Baby Cesaro. Yeah, I'm trying to call him Baby Cesaro. Like, yeah, because they're clearly gonna push Eichner out of the team. Eichner been there but, for a minute. Yeah, Eichner was in the first CWC. Oh yeah, he was. Oh, yeah, he was. He gained all that weight. Yeah, then he got like yoked. <laughs> yeah, then that man got yoked. Um, I mean, he did look like a grown ass man, and there were a bunch of kids. <laughs> that was my thought. I was like, man, this dude like the kid. He looks like a big ass kid that pulls up to the fucking sandbox and just starts chunking all the little kids out of that <laughs> Like he got yoked up and he and he joined Imperium, went to UK for a bit. I think he was also when they would do those tryouts, I think he was also like one of the coaches or whatever at the tryouts when they did the European tryouts. So Hold on. I got I got some good content I'm about to send to the group chat. Tommaso Champa versus Braun Breaker was the main event. Speaking of now, Braun Breaker, there was a segment backstage when you know he was like working out, getting ready for the match, and then like Chucky was in the locker room with him. I said, "Look, that's a funny callback. I'm not gonna lie, I popped." Because <laughs> his dad did have that segment with freaking Chucky back in WCW. That was terrible, <laughs> but it happened. So, <laughs> damn, for real, the champion did look way better, bro. Like, it looked like this dude took like a fucking pencil and drew his abs in. Or he did what um this one guy used to do. He didn't really do. I think he did. Not a, it like he did something to show his abs more. Bro, I kid you not. The biggest working act in wrestling is those guys that have body hair like that, and they shave their stomach hair to look like they have abs. Like they got abs. <laughs> it's the most ridiculous thing I've ever seen. I'm like, why don't you just hit, get on the damn floor and do some crunches, you scrub? <laughs> right. Hit the diet a little harder. Lay like cheese. Get off the if you cars. can't do if you can't do crunches, at least do planks. Like shit. <laughs> you lazy bum. Oh, I take a because as, as a... someone as someone who had killer abs at one point in my life, I took a fist at that shit. Like, bro, I work hard for these abs. You out here just shaving your fucking pubes in the shape of a six pack. You lazy bitch. How dare you? How dare abs, you? Abs are hard, okay? As someone who had an eternal four-pack, just, that's it. <laughs> yeah. 
those last two are the hardest to get. Oh my god! But uh, th- this Braun Breaker champion match was was pretty good. I mean, Braun slipped from the middle rope at at one point. I was trying to do a dive. He like <laughs> fell from the middle rope. I should be laughing, but he just like I guess he trying to do like an elbow or something from the middle rope. He fell. He just slipped and fell. I was like, ugh. Champa recovered nicely though. He tried to go for a pin. Most dudes would look like, oh my god, what do I do now? Champa's like, no, bump that. I'm going for a pin. Like <laughs> he said, whoop, fuck you slipping. <laughs> um, that's professional right there. Uh this is why this is why Triple H and Ric Flair always have people throw them off the top rope whenever they want to. Um, Champa DDT'd Breaker onto exposed concrete at one point. Yeah, I, I don't know when I was half watching the match, so I don't know when they pulled this the the mat up. But he he DDT'd him on exposed concrete. Then he rolled him back in and hit a I think he hit a fairytale ending and got a two count. Ooh. Then he hit him with like three running knees and another fairytale ending and pinned him. Not gonna lie, when he kicked out that first fairytale ending, I was like, oh my god. I was like, oh no. I was like, no. But uh Champa retained. So. Robert would have been in a group chat talking all types of shit if that happened. And I was um and I was watching this review of it and the guy reviewing that, he was like, I think it would be more impactful if Braun won. I was like, after a DDT on concrete, that's the same reason y'all got mad that John Cena won at Sturmer Slam. DDT on concrete. I was ho- I didn't listen to the commentary, but I was hope I hope Wade Barrett made some kind of remark about Braun Breaker getting DT on concrete. And <laughs> that's, like, that's probably that's what's supposed to happen. <laughs> that's, that's probably that's some petty ass shit they would do. Oh yeah, we got Wade on commentary. Hmm. Let's do a DDT on concrete spot. <laughs> Vince Vince called Sean personally and told him to include that in the match. <laughs> I think you got way down there on commentary. How about this? How about you have a guy get DDT on cement floor and see how he likes it? I think he only would have said something if Braun won after that. <laughs> but he was bleeding and everything too. I think he got busted up in hard way after that. Um, and yeah, Champa pinned him, so Champa retained, you know, which good. It's something that adds to the me personally. I've never been a fan of bleeding. But if you like get accidentally cut, it's it's easier for me to get it. You remember Rather like just you remember like during those stretch of matches Brock was having where he was pretty much bleeding every match. Yeah. <laughs> like hard way. I'm like, Brock, what the fuck? Chill, my guy. No, it wasn't worse than that time Goldberg hit butted that damn post when he didn't know how to take a time. <sighs> Fucking remember that time he headbutted a door and made himself bleed before he came to the ring? That's like a few years ago. I was like, what are you doing, Goldberg? This man. <sighs> Still upset he beat Bobby Lashley at Crown Jewel. You didn't have all that to do, Goldberg. <laughs> you did not have all that to do, being Lashley like that. Man, talk about that. Don't, don't, don't ever mention that again on this podcast. <laughs> don't, 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 don't mention that again. I, I didn't even watch that match. Like, I was on lunch break at work while that show was happening live. I opened my phone. That's the first thing I see. I was like, ain't this a bitch? <laughs> so, yeah, it's, it's a sour spot for me. That'll that'll get me to stop talking on the podcast. Like, yeah, remember Goldberg and Bobby Lash? Like, unfortunately. Unfortunately. 
they had my dude Bobby Lashley look like a bitch all the way leading up to that show and then he gets beat by a one legged old man. Man, get the fuck out of here. Right. Yeah, I'm, I'm going to show this first angle of this that somebody had who was at the show because the WWE version is like the cam is so shaky probably because they're like, oh my God. Yeah, like Jesus Christ. Look, look. Uh, oop. Doo, 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 doo. Put this in the group chat real quick. But yeah, I think on uh on that note, we are going to call it a night. So we will talk to y'all folks next week. Peace. Peace. Peace.